Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Tatiana Monet, Real People, Real Talk, Real Life. I am your wonderful host and I wanted to have this episode focus on, it's a, it's a little heavy, but it's about rejection and denial. The reason why it's so heavy is because a lot of us don't take it well if it's something personal. You, I mean, granted, yes, with jobs too, but when it's almost back-to-back rejection, you get a no more often than you do a yes, or a yes is like a far and distant future outcome. It can weigh on you. It can really take its toll. And I speak on that from my own personal experiences. So when you think about rejection, it can come from self-rejection. Like let's say you're in the middle of a transition or you're refusing a healing process. You are rejecting certain things about yourself, even if it's your appearance or whatever have you. That self-sabotaging behavior can be very crucial, very detrimental to how you maintain yourself every day, to your mindset, to how you self-govern and how you self-regulate, how you emotionally regulate, you know? And when you reject yourself, and the reason why I'm starting with self first is because if you don't have acceptance within yourself, anything else outside of you is obsolete. It really is. And that self-rejection can metastasize and have a negative impact on so many other things. Self-rejection, in one way or another, we all have faced it, whether it is because there's a fad going on, some type of trend, or someone didn't choose us. You know, none of us likes to be picked last or not picked at all. Like, no matter what you say, a part of you, whether it's that youth version of you trapped inside this adult or whatever, you don't like how that feels. You like, huh? Why not me? I'm pretty dope, you know, but when you don't choose yourself, when you count yourself out of something, when you are in your own way, man, that's big and only you can conquer that. No one else can help you unwrap or unpack that. You have to insert daily affirmations. You have to surround yourself with things that are familiar with you, with bringing out positivity in your life. And even if you adopt new things, that comes with examining yourself and coming to terms with the fact that you do reject yourself. Another form of rejection that I wanna go over is when you are rejected from your loved ones, when you don't feel seen or heard from the people that are in your circle. Part of you is an extension of your circle and vice versa. So when you don't feel accepted, when you don't feel like you can just be unapologetically you, you start to lessen yourself. You start to silence your voice. You start to take steps back and and fade out in one aspect or another. I did do that at one point and because of what I have gone through, because of the time that I've spent with myself, I started changing those behaviors. And part of that was not only communication, but me putting boundaries in place. And then getting a better understanding of who I felt like that behavior was coming from. You know what I mean? If I felt like a parent wasn't seeing me or hearing me or accepting the version of me that I'm showing up as, 
I had to investigate. That's just how my mind operates. I want to investigate. I want to figure out why is it that you're treating me this way? Am I doing something to provoke you? Am I a trigger? Or is it that you don't accept who I am in this moment? And the people in your life, they have to accept you for who you are or else they can't be in your life. You have to accept you for who you are. Otherwise, you won't be a participant in your life. You will not be a change agent in your own life. It all goes hand in hand. I will say this too, though, the people that are in your circle and in your life, they should be growing with you in the sense of, yes, we have to understand where they're coming from when they're changing and try not to reject them or make them feel how we feel. But they have to be ready to receive who you are as you phase into those new versions of who you are. It does not feel good to be around a loved one and not feel like they see you to not feel like they really understand you. That's a big thing for me is feeling the need to be understood. You also have individuals who in your family, they are going to be who they are regardless. And when I say family, that's inclusive of friends. So loved ones in general, they're going to be who they are. And if you want those people in your life, you have to recategorize them. I've done that. I've recategorized people in my life and I've also done two other things. One, I separated them from their title. So just because you are such and such relative or such and such loved one to me, yes, that is true, but you are also a human being. So who you are as a person and how you're showing up in that, I'm going to hold you accountable for how you're showing up and not how I want you to show up because I have no control over that. I could create my boundary. I can activate and put that boundary in place, but it's up to that other person to take heed if they care enough about me. So if I choose to not discard you, then I have to recategorize you. That way I'm not tainted by our interactions or by how you are showing me the person that you are. And the second thing that I do is I tackle it head on. I address it. This is how I feel. You know, this is what's going on. Please clarify with me. Like, let's let's talk this out because Sometimes our perception can be very cloudy. It could be incorrect and just be it doesn't mean that whatever our intent was wasn't true or whatever. But sometimes things are just taken out of context. Or the timing of things or your delivery of things. And I'm talking about this on both ends. So when it comes to rejection from your loved ones, you have to have some self-examination and, and accountability with that as well. Depending on the situation, now, if someone's just cutting up and running amok, it's a them thing. I say that to say, don't ever shy away from putting your boundaries out there. And boundaries aren't necessarily meant to have a negative connotation to them. Boundaries are things in place to help maintain some type of balance and some type of order. Because as you grow and adapt, so will your boundaries potentially, you know, and so will that other person's. So those things have to be in alignment in one way or another. If that person is not willing to do that and you choose to not discard them out of your life, how can you avoid continuing to feel rejected and denied by them? What I have done with some people in my life is I have repurposed them. So besides the category, 
I have also repurposed them. So if I expect this person to show up as whatever title in my life based on that title and not my own understanding and they don't and it's a them thing, I repurpose what their role is. So even though they have this title, their role duties are different. You no longer are held accountable for the things that I know you cannot do. That's just like at work. If you are, if you know that you have an associate, this person is still an associate. Their title has not changed, but the duties that you are administering to them and what they can commit to, that's what is adjusted based on their strengths and weaknesses. That same concept can apply to the people in your life if you still want to keep them there. When it comes to rejection from a significant other, it cuts really deep. And not even just a significant other, but also while you're dating. There's a number of factors that come into play with that because people can reject you for superficial reasons and they reject you for their own personal reasons. And sometimes, yes, it is about what you do. Like you just aren't the right person for them. But primarily with this episode, what I'm talking about is when it's not you. When it's not you. When you know you've crossed every T, dotted every I, and you have assessed and analyzed everything. And you know, I did not do anything to put myself in this predicament. This is a them thing. That's really the nature of this episode. So when you are rejected by a significant other first, if they are not going through something, and I say that because sometimes when we have our own thing going on, it can cloud our judgment or have a, a negative impact on our behavior to where we hurt our loved ones unintentionally and sometimes being petty intentionally. So when you deduce whether or not they're going through something or not, that should warrant how you respond. Like you have to have more awareness and discernment on things instead of just generalizing all the time or trying to put people on your time all the time because they it has to go hand in hand you have to take time to see what the fine details are as well as the big picture and this is just my opinion but when it comes to a spouse or a significant other if you're not married and they are rejecting you if it is because they're going through something you have to show up for them because people show up for you when you cut a rug Show up for that person and be like, hey, why are you closing me off? This or that. If that if there's no getting through to that person, then yes, that's when you reevaluate your role, your purpose, your connectivity to that person. Please do that because someone should not continue to just take from you and they're not giving anything. Because how are you able to replenish what you can give if nothing is being received? It goes hand in hand once again. Now, when it comes to being rejected from a person that you're dating, sometimes it's easy to write off, right? Because people have their preferences. But when a preference is coming off as discrimination, it can really make you activate that self-saboteur. Like, oh, like, for instance, colorism. I've been rejected from colorism, based on colorism, I should say. You know, dudes would be like, oh, well, you cute for a dark-skinned girl. Or I'm like, this does not mean that I need acceptance from them. I'm just offended by the rejection because it's like, 
I have no control over that. And there's nothing wrong. Like, don't cast me aside because of my color when there's nothing wrong with my color. If you have a preference, that's one thing. But don't don't make that. Don't bring it to me. Keep that type of stuff to yourself. Like, oh, you're cute for a short girl. Like short girls can't be cute or you're cute for a, a, a darker skinned girl. Like dark skinned women cannot be cute. Don't do that. Don't do that because men are so tough on women for the preferences that we tend to have, you know, like about height or below the deck packages and, you know, just making sure that you have some type of livelihood foundation. We understand that y'all have y'all preferences, too. That doesn't mean that women are right and how sometimes we express those preferences, because if they come off discriminatory, yes, hold us accountable for that, too. That's that's not fair. It's not right. A person shouldn't have to feel bad that you don't choose them because of how you delivered that information. You could just say, no, I'm not interested. Now, if a person is asking why, OK, now you done brought it on yourself, you know, to. <laughs> To know where that person is coming from. But to just lead off with something like that. Like if you don't prefer people of a certain weight. And that person is propositioning themselves to you. Thank you so much. And I do appreciate you giving me this type of attention. But I'm not interested. Uh, but if you want to get to know me like as a friend or something like that. I'm definitely open to that. You don't have to explain certain things. You don't have to. And if you want to explain things that are hurtful, but they're unnecessary to explain, you really got to look at yourself with that. Why are you willing to hurt people for no reason? Like just because they're showing you some type of affection or attention or whatever. You know what I mean? Like why, why would you do that? I don't care to understand that either. That's something between you, your therapist or your psychiatrist. Again, when it comes to re rejection or denial, we already know, and I won't repeat it again for the rest of this video, you always have an option to just not care <laughs> or to write it off. Note it. Okay. I want the focus on this to be when that is not the option that's taken. So when you are denied or rejected from people that you're interested in dating, Sometimes you take that on. Sometimes you embody that. And when you're in the mirror or in your subconscious, which should be some safe places for you. Now you have these things cycling in your mind. Like, is my nose too big? Are my blemishes overpowering my looks? You know, whatever. Fill in those blanks. You know, my stomach. Like, and sometimes it's that person. It's not necessarily what everybody in that particular group of people may think like it may not be all men that think that it may be that one man, but still hearing it from a person who does not know you like that, it can hit you. Yeah. And depending on how much self love you activate and how much time you spend with yourself and how much you pour positivity and nurturing into yourself can determine how much that penetrates within you if it does the next one really bothers me because I've, I've kind of phased out of the other two thank goodness I've been working on myself and I'm grateful of my village definitely God 
and all those like my therapists and stuff like that who have had a hand in my healing journey. So thankfully, as far as like familial or loved one related or significant other or dating related, I've kind of phased out of being tainted or jaded by that. But something that still gets me from time to time is when I am rejected from opportunities, when I am denied access to certain things that some may consider a privilege, and you know, while others may not. More specifically, what I mean is if I am vying for a position or if I am attending an event to accomplish something, or if I am trying to seek membership into something and I have followed and met, if not exceeded, all of the criteria, how come you're telling me no? Yes, common sense. We know there's a 50% chance of you hearing a yes or a no from anything that you do. Heard. But when it don't make sense, and it's not you, and it's them, and unfortunately, you either have to go through them or go to great lengths to go around them, that time and that labor is excruciating, debilitating, draining. It makes you angry. I know it made me angry. You know, there um, I was in college and there was an organization that I was trying to be a part of. They denied me twice, broke my little collegiate heart. But when I'm looking at everything, I'm like, I submitted such and such on time. I got my references. My GPA is in alignment. I'm a part of organizations with leadership positions. And I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? I am an asset. So it's not just I'm looking for something for y'all. I know I can give you guys something as well. This is going to be a mutualistic benefiting relationship. Why aren't you picking me? recurrently routinely not picking me I don't understand that another situation I was in high school and I won't say this teacher's name only because I don't want to give him no more height light <laughs> or energy or none of that I don't care to this man was very bothered by the fact that I was one of those outspoken students who, if something didn't make sense, I'm gonna ask a question. If you're presenting something to me and I have a different perspective on it, I'm gonna introduce that because this was an intellectual class. This was an AP class. I had AP and honors classes all throughout high school. Actually, since second grade, I was in a gifted program. And then from there on, like I've always been in honors, even in college, all of that. So. My mind is designed to tinker and to think deeply. I'm an Aquarius. That's one of our attributes. And my mom is an Aquarius. My dad was a Scorpio. These are people who are methodical in their life, in their mind, everything that they do. So I can't turn that off. <laughs> and when this teacher who feels because of their title, they have some type of 
control or supremacy over students to where you want us to think the way you want us to think and you don't want us to challenge things or ask questions or whatever it's like huh I say that to say because he was my teacher in high school and he didn't like our interactions in class when it was time for me to sign up for the National Honor Society he was the president of that for our school I got denied Mind you, that year that I was vying for that position, I was in the top 10 of my class. I was on student council. I was on the committee for the events for the school, whether it be homecoming or prom, whatever. High honor roll, not regular honor roll, high honor roll. I was on the principal's committee, which is handpicked by the principal. I was student of the month that year. And you deny me. Oh, and he's of the caucus. So I'm not going to sit here and say it's because I was black because it's very few white people that went to my school. It was some, but definitely more African-Americans and Latinos. So it wasn't about color at all. It was him. He's ignorant. He, he was hurt. Okay. Broke my high school heart because I'm looking at it like this. You're denying me access or admittance into something that is a contributing factor to my collegiate portfolio. That's what I'm looking at. Because while I was in high school, I was preparing for college. When I was in elementary school, I was preparing for high school. So I'm looking at it as you didn't cross me on so many levels that you don't even realize simply because you are taking something personally that really ain't got nothing to do with this but because you got control over it you're gonna turn something from this avenue into this avenue over here zero respect for that man zero respect for that man and i went up to him i approached him because that's just me and i said mr so-and-so why didn't you allow me into this organization when I qualify? He was like, because Tatiana, and this is how he talks. I'm not being funny. If anybody went to Bloom High School and you had AP English with me, you know who this teacher is and how he talk. Tatiana, it's because of our class interactions that... Once he started saying stuff that was completely inapplicable and should have been inadmissible to my candidacy to get into the National Honor Society, mm -mm. I, sh I shut it, mm -mm. I shut down, I shut off. But once he was done speaking, because I am subjectively listening, oh, I read him for filth. Read him for filth and then walked off and enjoyed the rest of my day. But when I got home, I boo-hoo. I did not like that. I did not like somebody having control over an aspect of my destiny. Because mind you, they didn't allow seniors in. So I wouldn't have been able to do it the following year. And you can't qualify as a freshman. So sophomore and junior years when I was trying for this and he was, oh, he was over it both years. I loathe that man <laughs> i do i don't care i don't care i'm holding on to it i don't care yeah
being denied from opportunities sucks. There's been companies that I have applied to for employment and they deny me. And when I'm not given a reason, that's when it grinds my gears and it boils my blood and it sits in my skin. Rent free, mind you. So, you know, that's not OK, but I'm human. But when you are telling me no for no reason. I don't respect that. The only people that should be telling me no for no reason are my elders. That's it. Everybody else going to have to give me a reason. And if I can't go through you, I'm going to go around you. But what sucks is sometimes neither one of those things are an option. So what do you do? You have to sit in that rejection and that denial. And it is a hard, long, excruciating visit. And you can only do that alone. That's what sucks even more. Yeah, you got people to talk to, but it don't hit you like how it hits them. Hate that. I hate that stuff. I do. I remember when I was vying for colleges and I was submitting my applications and stuff like that. Two really prestigious PWIs denied me and I still have the emails. They denied me because they said that one said I do not fit the criteria of the student body that they're trying to encompass this year. Mind you, they asked you to submit a photo of yourself. Now, I don't know what they're doing nowadays, but back in like 08, 09, when I had to submit these collegiate applications so that I could start in the fall of 2010, they going to say, <laughs> I do not fit the criteria of the student body that they're trying to encompass this year when I met the GPA requirement. My letters of recommendation were dope. When I tell you from superintendents, judges, everything, community service, um, I graduated number three in my class and I was only third by a tenth of a decimal point. Senior class president, student athlete, the list goes on and on. I am impeccable. And this is not cocky. This is fact. So why not? That hurt my feelings because I knew and, and let's just be clear, y'all. We know PWIs have a quota. They have a quota on minority students attending their facilities, just like HBCUs. Believe it or not, we have to have a certain quota because if the majority of students are not minorities, HBCU funding cannot be applied to that institution. It has to remain an HBCU. Otherwise, it becomes a non-HBCU institution. But the difference is you don't catch an influx of non-minority students trying to go to HBCUs every year. If anything, we be trying to find them like, hey, y'all, we y'all know we not racist, right? <laughs> it, it, we don't have to worry about, oh, there's 90 percent non-minority students trying to attend HBCU. It don't happen. So that's not a factor that we have to be concerned with. But in a PWI situation. If you let in however many minorities are trying to get into your institution, it's not going to outweigh you still being considered a PWI. It's not going to become an HBCU. 
Why? Because a lot of us don't be wanting to go to PWIs. One. Two, it might be too expensive. And some people may not have funding or they don't want to take out a loan. There's a lot of factors that play with that. But to hear that I don't fit the student body and and I met all the criteria and you're just giving me some type of ambiguous little write off in an email. Didn't like it. The other school said. We have already reached the capacity of the student body that we're trying to activate this year. So in their own words, they're telling me. We reached our quota. Hurt my poor little feelings. But now I'm like, you know what? I was meant to go to the illustrious Clark Atlanta University. Proud CAU Panther. Amen. It was so much diversity there going to an HBCU. Diversity amongst different types of black people. It was a beautiful thing. When you are denied from exclusive things, I'll say me. <laughs> it activates some in me where I want to react instantaneously. Prime example, I was at a function at this lounge and they had a theme night for R&B. I went with a really good friend of mine who has some notoriety. And when we went, he saw another artist a friend of his and he went over to greet them now mind you my friend got the face card I don't <laughs> at least not yet and I'm okay with that but when my friend goes over there to speak to them I'm coming behind my friend I get stopped whoa like mind you they are, they know I'm affiliated with my friend. I'm, I'm literally right there. Like we all we both holding each other's stuff. You know what I mean? And the host of that event, because there was an MC that night. So that MC host and I think it was one of the head uh, bottle girls or whatever she was. They turned around and looked at me like I was nothing. They were like, what are you doing over here? This is a VIP section. I said. I'm with the guy that you just let through. Like, that's why I was behind him. He's that's like my brother. That's a really good friend of mine. You know, I'm with him. I'm, I got his stuff, you know, like, yeah. And they're like, they just looked at each other and looked back at looked back at me like, what? I repeated myself because I'm like, you know, it is kind of loud. I've been training myself on how to give people grace. So I repeated myself this time. With a little bit more stern tone, I said, the gentleman there, and I named him, told them who he was. I am with him. We're going over here to speak to so-and-so. You just let him through, and I'm right behind him. We have each other's belongings. Like, we're, we're here together, obviously. And they just completely, it's like they looked through me. At that point, I realized I have nothing to prove to nobody. The phrase find a way or make one that is ingrained in me because I attended Clark Atlanta University snapped into my brain. I don't need to convince you of who I am, why I'm here or anything. I repeated it once because you might have been hard of hearing. That was me giving you grace. Now I'm about to make some shape. So what I did, because 
sometimes the Lord has to not only govern my mind and my mouth, but my hands as well. So I clap my hands together because I needed them to do something besides what I wanted them to do. So I clap my hands together and I, as I'm lit, like watching them look at me in my mind, I already mapped out my route to walk around them and get into the section from another way. I don't need you. And who are you? Cause nine times out of 10, if I come here and visit this place next year to dine or whatever, you're not going to be here. You're disposable. So yeah, that, but it was still the feeling of somebody looking at you like you're nothing. You being denied something for no reason when you are in accompaniment with whomever has access. What do I got to lie for? You, I'm not one of them people. And, and I'm saying that because it was evident in that moment. Some people really be trying to like pop in the stuff that they don't belong in. Like if I have a birthday reservation and I don't know you, you can't sit in my reservation because I don't know you. This wasn't one of those times. This was, I'm with the talent who ended up performing. I'm with the talent. Anytime you arrive with talent, that group of people is together. Mind you, he's behind them like, where you at? I'm like, one moment, I got it. That was so ignorant. And even if you didn't believe me, or even if you had to take a moment to stop and ask, to just clarify, to make sure I'm not lying because you do have a job to do, you could have done that. But you literally looked at me, looked through me like I was nothing. And you didn't even acknowledge what I said. Who are you? You are not on a level where you can't be knocked down. Please don't think you're safe. Don't ever think you're safe. How dare you? I don't know what's wrong with people, y'all, but people feel high and mighty because of whatever. And they feel the need to treat people like scum. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. You know, I shouldn't unless I am coming into something knowing that I do not qualify and I still apply anyway. I should not be mad that I didn't get it because I don't fit the bill. But when I fit the bill or there is no bill to fit. What's the tea? What's the problem? Knock that stuff off and not everything is so exclusive or, you know, just so like elite or whatever that it's unattainable. You got it. You made a way for yourself. So don't knock a sister for trying to navigate and find her way too. I don't like that. And, and rejection and my nose ring keep turning y'all. Uh, but rejection and denial comes in another way too. Sometimes it comes from the people that you associate with when it comes to certain opportunities. When you are friends with people at a certain stage of their life and then they advance to another stage of their life. Now all of a sudden they don't see you. And we're not talking about you doing anything that is negative or detrimental to what they have going on. No, no, it ain't. It's literally a them thing. I remember distinctively going over ideas and partnering up with a friend of mine and they ended up starting a company. 
mind you, it was ideas that me and this person bounced off of each other and started trying to lay down a framework and, and on how to partner with each other and how this business venture can evolve. A few months go by, I don't hear anything and I'm checking. I ain't really getting responses like that, you know, like nothing of substance, more so just like, oh, you know, like, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll get together about it. A few months later, people who have whatever it is, because I don't know, but people who this person handpicked are now on board with this company. I was not called. I didn't sit in on no meeting. I didn't get no notification. I didn't even get any promo to say, hey, please come out and support us. Nothing. So I'm like, how are you going to start this off with me talking about it? And then you activate it with other people. Why did I get X'd out? No answer. So I started moving differently. Oh, okay. You want to show me how you are? I'm going to take that as is. And then a few years go by. I haven't heard from you in so long. Oh, well, I didn't know you had room or time for me. Yeah, one of those. It wasn't like that. It felt like that. I love you, though. But I had to recategorize and repurpose that person because I'm not going to continue to feel like that from anybody. If you don't, if you only want me in the beginning, but not for the rise of something successful. Why would you even come to me? No way to pick my brain because, you know, I'm coming through with some dope ideas. Anybody who has ever collabed with me or consulted with me on some type of venture or idea, you see how I move, you see how I work. I'm spitting out viable bits of information that you instantly can turn into something or figure out how to monetize, how I conceptualize things from an objective point of view. It's uncanny. That's a skill set of mine. But what you're not going to do, how my grandma say, you ain't finna be pimping me. Stop pimping me. So, yeah. Now, the last phase of this about rejection and denial comes from when something happens right in your face, where you feel like people are playing in your face with something that matters to you so much. One example that I want to start out with is I had a pop-up shop recently and it was a great event. Don't get me wrong. I loved the whole thing, the vibe, everything. I went around to the attendees and I let them know, hey, my table's over here. Please come by and see me. I have some custom artwork and some natural and organic body care. You know, my business is a blend of art and wellness. So if you want to stop by my table, you know, I would love to have you if you have any questions. Boom. When it's your own people rejecting you, we are so quick to buy labels that are non-minority made for whatever that does, status, recognition, whatever. 
But when it's our own and we're offering something legit, like I have legit products. I research them, how I package them. I adapt that over time. Like you could tell I really care about my stuff. And you, there is no buy-in. It takes for somebody who you, you're nosy about what they do. You allow other people to tell you what to buy. How? How? Like, it's one thing to see an ad or something like that. But when you, and it's, 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 it is a mindset that a lot of us in the African-American community tends to adopt. We're quick to dismiss other business owners. We're quick to find a reason to reject their concept or their ideologies. We're quick to deny any type of support so quick. But you want what you're not giving out. I don't understand that. Not one person came by my table. Not one. I even got announcements and stuff on the mic from the NC, MC. Nothing. But people buying up hookah, getting food, like you spending money. You won't even come and give my stuff a try. You, no one even came to my table to ask me a question or to even see what I had going on. And when somebody is rejecting your business and your business has great product, when your business has a really good vision, it's like, okay, I might be in the raw market, but my stuff applies to everybody. Like how Telfar, perfect example, Telfar. Their stuff is meant for the masses. Now, does that mean every single person might buy into Telfar? No, but it is meant for like for anyone. May not be for everyone, but it could be for anyone. Same thing with my business. I will say this, though. It took a minute because uh, I think he'd been in business since 2005. The buzz didn't come until like right around COVID, you know, maybe a year or whatever before COVID, especially when um, Beyonce posted that she carried it or something like that. Um, so I get it. Sometimes influencers have to put something in your face for you to think that it has merit to it, even though it already had the merit. But just to see a community of our own choose to back down from supporting people, kind of like uh, what did what did J. Cole say in that all my life song with him? And um, I think it's Young Dirt. He said, uh, Something along the lines of when little buddy die, you know, don't try to post him now when you weren't rocking with him when he was alive to give him his flowers. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Another example. I was attending, not attending. I was going to work the guest services at this event. And there was another person there who was going to be a vendor. And I asked her for some change. And she looked at me like, you need to ask the other people working the event for, for the change. You 
I don't feel comfortable with you asking me. I feel comfortable with you asking them. At this point, we're on the same team because we each are working an avenue of this event. Okay. One of us, she's black. But then when the event starts, she walks up to me as I'm talking to someone else and like, hey, y'all, I got a table open. You know, I got the edibles. I got, you know, whatever. Like she got food and, and ganja related stuff because that was her niche. Niche, however you want to pronounce it. I reciprocated the same thing she gave me. I gave her attitude and a facial expression. And I'm not good at poker faces at all. So she definitely saw what I what I had to send. No, absolutely not. No, no, no. I'm really good at giving you what you give me. I'm so good at that. <laughs> no, ma'am. How dare you deny me something and then turn around and act? Ooh, that's ghetto. That's so ignorant. Mm-mm. But it wasn't going to get far. Mm-mm. Nah. No. No support for me. And I'm not mad about that. Like, sometimes being petty is not the answer, but sometimes it is. Sometimes you have to pull a them on them. That's how people learn from stuff. Pulling a them on them. I don't know, y'all, this rejection and denial thing, especially when it comes to my business, because my business is so precious to me, it, it can eat at me. I'm sensitive about my stuff. <laughs> and so when people reject it, but have no factual premise, it's just like, mm. it's like, well, how can I overcome that objection? How can I, you know, showcase the features and the benefits for you to buy into what I got going on? I don't know how to meet you where you're at. That's the same with everything. You know, when people don't give you that why, and I'm a why person, at least for right now, maybe that's something I'll grow out of in the future, but I'm a big why person. Why didn't this work out? I'm a closure type of person. I'm a, I need to close the door, tie the loose end type of person. And it sucks when I can't get it, but what I'm learning about the gray area of decision and relation is you're not gonna always have an answer you're not gonna always have closure you're not gonna always have an understanding you're not gonna always feel comfortable and that's just what it is nobody likes to be rejected somebody some people don't particularly care but it's not something you prefer I will say this, though. As I am more comfortable with reflecting after something bad or unfavorable, I'll say that how something unfavorable happens when I've been denied or rejected. What I then do is like I've applied for a slew of jobs lately. Right. I mean, just period. I've been doing this for over a year, but I've applied for a slew of jobs and what has been my go-to mindset as of late and i'm super proud of myself because i wasn't always that person i will look at a rejection or a denial from this employer and be like okay cool that's one more step closer to my yes it's not a delusion it's my perception instead of me taking this as a defeat i'm looking at it as 
this is one less barrier for me on my journey getting to my destination. That brings me joy to know one, I have an answer and two, it's evident of my progress. I have motion. Cause had I not tried, I wouldn't have known what the answer would have been. So not only is there not any regret, there really is no loss. If a company don't want me, that's their loss. If somebody don't want to buy from me, it's their loss. If somebody doesn't want me in their life, it's their loss. If somebody is not doing right by me and they're not showing up. So now I'm not showing up to that degree. I'm showing up however I feel like, however I can. They're missing out. It's their loss. It took a very long time for me to start thinking like that. And it's not because I want to fill myself up with false hope and, and, and comfort things that are mundane or whatever. It's not to pacify anything. It's because it is the truth. There's so many more people out there that are willing to accept or love or appreciate what I got going on, especially because I feel that way about myself, because I accept myself, because I receive myself and because I know I am accepted and received by my God. The rejection and denials from any and everybody else and any and everything else outside of that. It's so obsolete. And I can genuinely wholeheartedly say that I can. So for those of you out there that have not harnessed or even identified how to come to grips with being rejected or being denied something, really take a moment. And if you heard whatever that noise was, I have a, um, a air freshener that routinely, you know, administers the scent. <laughs> but if you are one of those people who fall into that category, really take some time to sit with yourself and get to the root of why rejection and denial bothers you. For me. Rejection and denial bothers me or it, it really used to bother me because if I know that I qualify, I should get it. And maybe that is slightly illogical because, I mean, sometimes there's not enough room for everybody who qualifies to get in. So then you have to base it on other factors. But those other factors should have been presented. So I know <laughs> whether to even apply or show up or not. Right. In a perfect world. I get it. But finding the root of why you don't like it is essential. I also had a problem getting through the acceptance of rejection and denial because it made me feel unseen. It made me feel less than. It made me feel silenced. And that's a big issue for me. I have to feel seen and accept it in everything that I do, even if it's only coming from me. Because people, whether it's intentional or not, they're not going to always give you what you need. So you have to generate it yourself. You have to know that God 
got everything. That's real talk. There's no other way around that because you can't depend on everybody, but you can depend on yourself and you for daggone sure can depend on God. That's it. And you have to graduate to that mindset to where it is. A, what do they call it? A reflex, a mental reflex. Your go to decisioning, th that resting place. You have to do that. So once I uncover why it helped me to understand sometimes I'm not going to even get a why from what understanding I'm seeking, whether it's a person or an event or an opportunity. So because I know my personal why I'm OK with not having the uh, answer a resolve or understanding from being rejected or denied from other people because I see myself. I don't require you seeing me because I love myself and appreciate myself. I don't need your love and acceptance. I got it. That's my job. So when you make that moral obligation to yourself to love yourself, trust yourself, believe in yourself, accept yourself, see yourself, you won't seek it or depend on it from other people. Now, does that mean you're going to ace it every single time? No, because you're still human in your healing. I can't say that enough. You're going to catch yourself slipping at some point or another. That doesn't take away from your character or your progress. It just means you're still human. That's it. So I hope that this episode really just... Hit home for some of you that when you're sitting at home by yourself and you're left to your own thoughts, you're crying, you're in your prayer room or you're venting on the phone with a loved one or you're going out to activate some type of therapeutic element so you can be recalibrated. I hope that you take the time to sit with yourself and figure out why these type of things bother you and then go and address them. There go my neighbor again, making the noise. I can't stand it. I was trying to finish before she got up and did her routine fee fi fo fummage. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, sit with yourself, analyze yourself, work on yourself, answer things for yourself because you're not gonna always have that answer or understanding or closure provided to you. And that's okay too. Rejection and denial are necessary for you to get to avenues of success. Because if you obtained everything all the time, then how could you differentiate what's really meant for you to have or for you to pour into or what's really for you, whether you realize you knew you needed to have it or not. And it also builds character. When you have earned something, it hits you different. You defend it. You protect it. You nurture it. You always find ways to enhance it. Things that you get on a whim, you don't care whether it comes or goes. So having that distinction is also necessary. And that comes from certain levels of rejection and denial. Now, when this rejection and denial is completely unwarranted, 
then you have to ask yourself, whomever this is coming from, are they of value to you? Are they of service? If not, bye. But if they have some type of merit, some type of, you know, essential element to your life, then figure out how you may need to recalibrate them. Figure out how you may need to recategorize or redefine their purpose in your life. That way you're okay with whatever they bring in because you don't really need it. It's kind of like when people bring their one dish to the potluck that no one really going to eat, but you glad they participated. Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> Had to throw a little food in there. You know how I am. <laughs> but that concludes my episode for this week. I really appreciate you guys tuning in and rocking with me. And if you have any topics that you would like for me to cover on my podcast, please let me know. I would love to do that. If anybody wants to be featured on any of my episodes, please let me know. You can hit me up. My social media handles on Instagram are Tatiana Monet, T-A-T-Y-A-N-A-M-O-N-E-E. And on TikTok as Tatiana underscore Monet. So that's how you can reach me. But I love you guys. And I can't wait to see you on my next episode of Talk to Tot. Real people, real talk, real life. This is your lovely host signing out. All right. Love yourself. Accept yourself. And everything else will fall into place. Bye.